It's January 17th, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Shopify's App Store changes have some developers upset, but there's really nothing to see here. Accenture predicts social commerce will grow three times faster than e-commerce. Will you let Walmart in your garage? It's in-home delivery to expand to 30 million U.S. households this year. Pricing moving on up at IKEA, in step with trends from many brands and retailers. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news. Shopify's App Store changes have some developers upset, but there's really nothing to see here. There's a little bit of who moved my cheese going on with recent insider article about Shopify's App Store changes. The big lesson is the App Store is a marketplace. Shopify doesn't treat its employees as a family and Toby has said as much. It's more like a sports team, he says. It doesn't see its App Store partners as family either. Some reminders for everyone. One, in a marketplace, you're the help. Your job is to provide inventory. Your ranking will rise with the number of installs you have, results, and ratings. Two, the reason marketplaces work is because of conversion. If you land on a page, you need places to go if, for whatever reason, the page you landed on doesn't fit the needs of you as the buyer. People have been arguing about this since the days of eBay. You don't own the page. Three, Shopify App Store is still relatively early in its marketplace journey. The fact that related app inventory is being showed that is not paid for in 2022 is actually unique. Wait until later this year when ad inventory takes over even more at Shopify's App Store. Smaller developers are generally not going to be advantaged going forward. Four, I'm sure Shopify will make some adjustments, but still, this is all a tempest in a teapot. A new equilibrium will be established. There are new winners and losers. If you're relying on a specific niche or hack, it's time to find a new one. Shopify isn't going to lose a single developer over any of these changes, and they aren't the prime mover in their flywheel anyway. They are the accelerant. The prime mover in Shopify's flywheel is the adoption and growth of new entrepreneurs and merchants. My advice? Better direct your energy away from being furious with Shopify and instead focus on your overall product, marketing, and service. Our second story. Accenture predicts social commerce to grow three times faster than e-commerce. Retail Dive reported on a recent Accenture study which highlights that the format will grow from half a billion in 2021 to $1.2 trillion in 2025. Now you may ask yourself, just what is social commerce? Essentially, it's any transaction you begin on a social media platform and your transaction is finished without linking off to another platform. Now the growth of social commerce is big to watch. However, most brands I talk to are getting very minimal uptake on social commerce unless they are limited edition or drops. So much so that the common question I get is, is social commerce even worth it? And some of you may be aware that I've written and tracked the live streaming commerce space as well, which is a subset of overall social commerce. These concepts are growing but have not become the primary way to shop for oldsters like me. As you might expect, Much of the growth in social commerce is being reported in the digital native generation, which means millennials and Gen Z. 
My contention is that the brands who are taking advantage of social commerce in a big way, this is most of their entire go-to-market strategy because of their large fan bases. Those who are using social media for advertising that drive people to a website for signups aren't seeing the same results. These traditional brands who aren't seeing results are the same group that for years asked, what is the ROI of social media? If you have to ask, then probably it's not going to work out for you. And that's fine. Those brands that want to make a change, who really have to follow the path of a social media creator and ask themselves, if I wanted to launch my own e-commerce brand, why would I even need all this Shopify foolishness? My brand is my content and my fans love me. The big challenge is most social feeds for large brands are produced by an agency and it's hard to buy authenticity in an outsourced provider. But I wanted to end on a note about Shopify here. If you're an up-and-coming digitally native creator with your own clothing line, for instance, it's hard to imagine why you would even need a Shopify store in the future. For this market segment, which is increasing, it just seems like extra enterprise baggage. Why do I need to install like 10 to 20 apps just to set up a store? For all Shopify's focus on entrepreneurs, it sure looks vulnerable to low-end disruption in this segment if you ask me. If Shopify is going to blunt this trend, it would probably need to introduce some kind of different Shopify creator edition, which is vastly simplified. Our third story. Will you let Walmart in your garage? It's in-home delivery to expand to 30 million U.S. households this year. In an expansion of a program that was started during the Mark Lurie area of Walmart, Walmart is looking to expand its in-garage delivery program. Here are the facts as reported by Catherine Douglas Moran of Retail Dive. The program will grow from 6 million to 30 million U.S. consumers in terms of its reach. The company will hire more than 3,000 associate delivery drivers to execute the program. Walmart needs to keep improving its last mile delivery network, which currently reaches about 70% of the U.S. or approximately 160,000 products. First of all, this sounds a little creepy. No offense to Walmart, but do I really want the average Walmart employee in my garage? I'm just saying. Second, the details of all the smart home details required to use this service means that I can't imagine the adoption will be very high. The service itself costs $20 per month and requires the homeowner to have a smart home unit just to activate. Despite all this, it would not be smart to underestimate Walmart's moves in the logistics market overall as they're one of the most experienced companies in America with regards to retail logistics, considering it's where Amazon originally learned all of their knowledge from. In particular, I think their last mile program, Go Local, could be a great service for some brands if they continue to invest in it. While I'm offering covering Amazon and Target in this weekly podcast, I'm also bullish on Walmart. They're still the top dog in American retail and have made smart investments in the last three years since leaving behind the crazy ideas of the Jet.com era. And our last story, pricing moving on up at IKEA in step with trends from many brands and retailers. Citing widespread supply chain issues, the owners of IKEA are planning to raise pricing this year by 9%, primarily in North America and Europe. These increased consumer prices are primarily due to rising production and transportation costs. Transporting heavy furniture around the world, even if it's flat packed, is particularly expensive and difficult, and so I'm not surprised at these changes. What if I heard from other brands and retailers? After holding down cost increases for many years, many brands I speak with are doing the same thing. Both direct-to-consumer as well as Amazon brands that I know are raising prices an average of 5-10% to to account for continued rising costs. 
The good news for many brands, particularly with rising prices on consumer goods and inflation scares, most consumers are expecting price increases, which makes executing such changes easier in a chaotic time than it would be in a normal time. And so my advice for the average brand that isn't already considering a price increase to think about it seriously in 2022, as it may give you the opportunity to recover some of that COVID expenses that everyone is paying for. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Project 44 raised $240 million at a $2.4 billion valuation. They doubled their valuation in just the last six months. That seems to be the trend these days with lots of investors seeing rounds and then wanting to follow on immediately. Second, technology platform Avatar raised $45 million to improve the consumer shopping experience with life-size 3D product evaluation. This type of trend is only going to increase, so I see more competitors entering the space and could be an acquisition target for one of the major platforms. Third, payments provider Checkout.com just raised a billion dollars on a $40 billion valuation. Interestingly, they also provide payment services for several major crypto providers. Fourth, plainly named e-commerce aggregator e-commerce brands raised $40 million in equity and debt to deploy Checkout as a service model from Cart.com. Seems to me we're reaching a new phase in the aggregator movement where more traditional investors are coming on who like the growth of e-commerce but don't want to do any of that messy operating. And finally, in what is probably the worst kept secret deal ever, Shipmonk has acquired e-commerce logistics provider Ruby Has. Because there is no press on this deal, it's a little like a tree falling in the woods. We think it fell, but I don't think anyone was around to hear it yet. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Alex Brower is the producer and also wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.